Welcome everyone, Blue Collar Startup. I'm your co-host Mike Nelson here with visionary founder of Blue Collar Startup, Derek Foster. Derek, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Still scratchy uh, voiced as we discussed. Kids are back to school. Everybody's getting, <sighs> getting sick. sick. Going around for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was on the last episode when we had Tom in here. I thought it was, as I said, because of all the homemade hard cider I had drank a couple yeah. weeks ago, but <laughs> we're like two and a half, three weeks out almost. I'm still scratchy. Yeah. It must be something else. So uh, we are here with Anthony Caruso from Caruso Custom- home, home Builders. Home yeah. Builders. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about who you are and mm-hmm. how you got where you are and who and cool. what you do and all the fun stuff. So uh, yeah. let's get into it. What uh, Anthony, tell us a little bit about you, know, about you your business, how you got started. Uh, well, I grew up in the area, uh, went to Shaman High School and, uh, started my company back when I was about 20, 21 years old and, uh, about 2008, nine, not a very good time to start a home building. Yeah, you picked a great, great <laughs> 2008. <time>. <laughs> but I was living with my grandparents in a, in a basement, so I didn't have much to lose at that point anyways, might as well. Dive right in. Wasn't married, no kids. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, um, uh, out of high school, I went and started, uh, working with some friends doing new construction tile work with a company out of Voorheesville called New Skyland Tile and Marble. That's how I learned the construction world. Or first time actually being introduced to the construction world. I didn't really grow up around it. Um, Kept my eyes out on how things were done, learned how trades worked and who came in and who came out and at what times. And I found it very interesting. Uh, every aspect of home building I found very interesting. And um, during that 18, 19-year-old uh, time of mine, I, uh, I was dating a girl whose father was a, a land developer out of Rotterdam, Bobby Ivanella. Still does a little bit today. Um, he really did a lot of the development around the Rodham Square Mall back in the 80s and 70s, 80s. He had a small plot on Bellevue, Rotterdam, uh, where he had some lots all along a street front. And he asked me to pitch it to some builders. And at that time, no one was buying anything. And it honestly wasn't the most desirable area either. Um, not like Saratoga County. Uh, has been the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. but, uh, it got my feet wet and, uh, I, I proposed to just, uh, put some numbers together and, uh, see if it's something that he could help fund and, we, you know, we'd work together on it. So I put a house plan together with an architect that I work with to this day. Um, a small home it was 1170 square feet ranch. At the time, uh, Obama was rolling out the first time home buyer credit. I don't know if you remember that. So it was kind of good timing for like a hundred and seventy thousand dollar new construction home mm. because people were getting like, mm-hmm. I think it was like eight thousand dollars back, uh, for first time home buyers. So they were getting a new home for almost a hundred and sixty grand at the time. That's changed can't beat that since uh, yeah, can't COVID. Beat that deal. <laughs> Never, you can barely get a house frame for that now. But um, 
So, uh, yeah, I, I showed him the numbers. I said, look, this is what I think we can do this for. This is what I think we could sell them for. He said, all right, I'll, I'll get things set up. Let's go for it. So he taught me quite a bit. Um, he kind of threw me in the ring. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I put the water main in with him and another guy. I did the sewer, all the services. Really learned every aspect from in the ground out and really asked a lot of questions with subcontractors and things like that and really, you know, learned off of them throughout the entire process. And to this day, I'm still still learning in many ways. But that is the, you know, the the story from the very beginning. That's awesome. What were you doing before? So, like, I was just getting out of high school. I was working for an uncle filling vending machines who owned a vending machine company. Okay. And I remember I was explaining to him I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do outside of high school. Didn't know what I'd go to college for. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I almost dropped out of high school. And uh, I had a teacher's aide come meet me right before school started that summer and kind of gave me a pep talk to finish off high school. Which I'm glad he did. I'm glad I did get at least my high school diploma. And uh, and when I was, you know, doing stuff with my uncle, he even mentioned, like, go learn a trade. You know, at the very least, you have something. You don't like it, you don't like it. If you, you do tend to like it and find another area that you enjoy, at least you, you learned a trade. You'll always live with that. And I'm glad I did do that. And uh I'm glad I learned uh, the tile trade because it taught me uh, a lot of things that I I do to this day. Um, you know, building a home. So, just so I so I got it. So you graduate high school, mm-hmm. eighteen, go to work at the tile place. At how old were you when you went there? I was about eight, I was eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah, so not I long after high school. About three years roughly two and a half years me and my buddy who we worked together i worked with uh, mike buzzer who owns absolute tile marble to this day um who does our tile work um we actually ended up leaving new scotland tile and uh he wanted to start absolute tile marble he's like you want to come with me so i did and uh um, he, he does our tile work to this day. It's a pretty it's like a Jerry Maguire moment. Like, <laughs> who's coming with me? Yeah, pretty Got, much. Was there a goldfish involved? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, uh, we, we stayed tight with Rob Richardson from New Scotland Tile and Rob threw us a lot of work and nice. And but Mike just, you know, it ended up blowing up. But and then how old were you when you decided to build your first home? I was 12. Well, I want to say I was about 20 years old. No kidding. Yeah, because that the summer prior to turning uh, the summer prior to turning 21, I was doing all that infrastructure work, the mm-hmm. dirt work, getting the site prep, doing all that stuff, learning all of that. Then that December, I started the home. I was still 20, um, and. Uh, I built it through the winter and I, I want to say, I think it was about April, May. It, it uh, had the house completed and we put it on the market. I was working on Tom Marks at the time with Caldwell Banker. And that first open house, we sold that house 
And we had another person come in that wanted the home, but we had already signed kind of like an LOI with the person that originally mm-hmm. came in before them. And they said, well, I want the same house right next door. So I ended up selling two houses that same weekend. And, uh, I it kind of just, good. yeah, it felt good. <laughs> a lot of compliments. Awesome. Right. Like uh, it was, it was a simple home, but it was nice. And, uh, at that point on, I want to say I was doing like two or three homes at any given time, maybe, you know, two for like a couple of years. And then it turned into three and then it turned into four. And then uh, I want to say, say I, not to interrupt you, but yeah. I, at 20 years old, I, that's got to take some guts. It's impressive. To yeah. do something like that. Like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know and if I'm you've got balls this like, big or, you know, like what? He's like, I'm going to be, to be quite <laughs> honest with you, when we first did, when I did my first foundation, I thought they did the footings and walls at the same time. Like, I really didn't know every aspect <laughs> of building a home. But I played the part. I asked a lot of questions. And I kind of leaned on the subs in terms of like heading in the right direction and it worked out. And really throughout the years, I taught myself through knowledgeable subs and good subs, you know, and uh, I luckily that's what's gotten me to where I am today is surrounding myself with competent, good subcontractors. And do you, so like we were talking with Tom last week, he works, it's just him. And then he works only with subs. Do you have employees too? Or yeah, you? we have seven employees now. Nice. Um, not all in the office in office and out in the field, mm-hmm. but primarily we are, we're general contractors. We're subbing. Um, we don't do a whole lot in house. We have a very talented carpenter, uh, within our team that's going to handle a lot of our custom mm-hmm. built-ins and millworks and, and things of that nature. And we can, we can tackle a little bit of everything, but we, we try to lean mostly on our subcontractors. Hmm. Yeah. Just the relationship development, I think is, mm-hmm. you know, such an important thing. And Mike, I know we heard, you know, uh, Pat Farnan talked a lot about that too, when he yeah. had, you know, uh, he learned from somebody he was working for and kept the relationship going when, mm-hmm. when he left and went off on his own and mm-hmm. same thing would feed him work. And it sounds like you did the same thing from the tile company. Mm-hmm. And then when you went off on your own yeah. and you've, you know, fast forward 13 years later and you're still working yeah. with a lot of those guys. Yeah. I tried to tile my first few houses myself cause I could, I had the time. A lot but of work. Eventually <laughs> I, I picked up the phone and called Mike and said, Mike, want to come to tile for us. And I, we've been working together ever since. I, I think I only tiled maybe the first few. Yeah. And I, th- I, I want to say we're, I haven't counted lately, but I, I want to say we're close to about 80 or 90 homes now. Wow. That you've completed in that yeah, time? Yeah. Since since that first one on Olene Street in Bellevue. And you, you know, you mentioned that your the first house you built was $170,000. Fast forward, mm-hmm. you know, 13 years. And what are the houses going for? Because you built some high-end homes. Yeah, we've really transitioned out of that semi-custom to that track home style house to more of your semi-custom to fully custom home. I want to say right now we're touching a couple homes that are going to be right 
about that $3 million mark. It's incredible. Yeah. That's my next build, everybody. There you yeah. go, Mike. Because yeah. we're just making so much money as podcasters. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish I could afford that myself. Oh, man. I'll, I'll build it for the people that can, I guess. What's a what's a $3 million home? Like, what does that look like? Is it the location? Is it the... Yeah, I mean, is it I mean all it's, the- it's location. It's detail. Uh, it's not always square foot. Yeah. It, it has a lot to do with the details and materials that are going within these houses. But that's in our... Those homes are in our... Uh, Oak Ridge site uh, right by Saratoga National. Oh, okay. Uh, we, I got involved in that site back in 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, summer 2018, I worked out a deal with uh, Jeff Snyder, who was the original developer. Closed on the project that Thanksgiving. I remember it was like Thanksgiving week. I put the road in. It was just woods. It mm-hmm. was for, uh, well, it's. <clears throat> It's actually 17, 18 lots. Um, I have 14 of them. Uh, A few of them were paper lots from people that were already living in the neighborhood that obtained them before I came along. But I, you know, I clear-cutted it, cut the road in, did all the infrastructure work. Again, you know, relating back to the only street day Mm -hmm. learning. It's the second time I I put in a road. I did one in Clifton Park at a about five years ago. Um, so I enjoy that too. I don't just build houses. I, I enjoy being a developer uh, and even finding pieces of property that are nothing, just uh, woods and not even zoned for residential. And yeah. Getting it zoned and getting it approved and putting the infrastructure work in and putting homes up. So that's to answer your question. Those, those high dollar homes primarily are within the city of Saratoga. Yeah. Um, and in this particular case in Oak Ridge. So a serious question. Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, are you getting a lot of requests for bunkers these days in your builds? <laughs> uh, given the current climate that we're in, I'm just, you know, we, to be honest with you, no, but I've been actually thinking about that for my next build. Uh, you know, whether the house has natural gas or not. Yeah. Put in a serious size propane tank. Yeah. Just for God knows. Backup. That shit ever goes down, you've got backup. Maybe yeah. having a couple dual fuel appliances and hot water heaters. And, yeah. You know, that very large outdoor porch where you normally would backfill that porch and don't backfill that thing just put some steel bridging and yeah have yourself a little space if need be you don't you don't know i called my buddy with a mini excavator the other day and i was like hey how much for you to come over and dig me a quote-unquote root cellar yeah yeah and he's like that'd be about three thousand dollars mike that's a good deal and kristen kristen was yeah kristen said no no fucking way are you building a three thousand dollar hole in the ground yeah, I mean, I haven't had a client yeah. um, yet. Yet. I you know, I don't want to think I'm a complete nutcase <laughs> suggesting it either, but right, with all this saying? crazy talk, I yeah. mean, you don't know. And it's not even crazy talk. It's real talk. Yeah, I know. What's that's going what, on out there. Like, we I joke mean, around about it, but it's... It's it's becoming very real with what's going on out in Ukraine and, and Russia and now even China. So, mm-hmm. I mean... It's weird. It's not a bad idea, All right. in my opinion. 
Hear that, everybody? <laughs> start start pushing uh, bunkers as an add-on for your build. I'd be more than happy. Any person that's con- uh, considering uh, <laughs> wants doing to build a new house that wants that, I can come uh, talk to us. So I'd be happy to play around with that. So what would you say, you know, along the way and the progress that you've made, What is what are some of the mistakes that, you know, really stick out that were learning opportunities for you along the way? Oh, God. So <clears throat> many. So many. I mean, I, I still make mistakes to this day. Um, I would have to say COVID really opened uh, opened my eyes up to a few things that you wish you thought about prior. But who had a crystal ball and knew that shit was going to happen, you know? So, yeah. But I'll have to say those are, you know... Those hardships or those learning lessons are the best way to learn. And I don't care how smart an individual is, there's always going to be something that kicks you in the ass. And you're like, okay, not going to make that mistake again. But, you know, protecting yourself in terms of product um, increases and shortages and, you know, just making sure the consumer doesn't have an edge on you uh, is one thing that is... We've really looked into over the last couple of years because, you know, no one wants to lose money, but it happens. And then there's other aspects uh, along the build process that we've learned to try to improve and, um, you know, but that's one thing that comes to mind the most. That sounds much better. There's a lot less feedback. Yeah, there's for some reason there's feedback coming through my mic, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. <laughs> so you know that standing out. You know you you continue to pursue and, and push through different projects. Do you have explain uh, any uh, further plans for expansion and, and growth with your staff? And are you hiring? How's so we just hired um, – we've been hiring uh, a little bit over the last couple of years. Um, some have come and gone. A um, couple most, uh, couple employees are fairly new. and At the moment, we're not. I feel like we have a pretty good crew now. Um, so I'm not really looking to expand too much, especially given the circumstances that we might be up against here over the next 12 months. Um, so – uh, but we are, you know, we've got some great projects that we've got our, our, our hands on. Um, so, we, we, you know, we're going to be expanding some for sure. Um, and uh, we'll just we'll see where uh, the economy takes us over the next 12 months. Because you got to right now, you just got to tread a little cautiously. I mean, yeah. I, I, from what I'm. From what I'm being told, there's still a, a pretty good shortage of uh, homes on the market. Your your growth, you're looking to grow, get your hands in some good projects. Yeah, we've got um, some some property in Greenfield that we just nice. got recently. Uh, we're going right. to start a That's house. Right. Yeah, Greenfield's nice. I think it's nice. a nice growing area. You got some space, some acreage. You're close to town. You got. Good tax base. It's so it's uh, or tax rate, I should say. Um, where where out in Greenfield? We are on uh, Locust Grove Road. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, we've got three lots, a two six acre and an eight acre. We might even expand a little bit over in that direction too. Um, we're looking or talking with an individual about. Um, so we're going to start a house out there. It's not sold. It's going to be maybe a spec. Um, is it near the, oh yeah, that sounds way better. Mm-hmm. Is it over near, so they've got that whole huge de- development over there. Is that you guys? Uh, there's a remodel that's been going on for like yeah. a year. Yeah. yeah, right at the beginning, you guys had the washout in the road. I don't know. Back I didn't in do the, the remodel. Um, oh. And so, and there's like um, a horse farm in the back behind that yeah. remodel. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bend. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So before you get to the bend, I have the lots right before. Oh. And then that road kind of bends and you see a remodel that's been going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm there. Nice. That's the an amazing spot. Yeah, it's got it's elevated. It's got some views. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start something there. Um, we've got two lots. So we're literally looking at the track on Bowman Street. Nice. Those That project's in CDs now. And then we'll we'll hand it over to the city and wait. Now, how do you... I don't even <laughs> want to tell you how long. I, I couldn't even tell you how long, but we'll, we'll sit and wait for our permit. Do you go in and buy the lots first, or is this just primarily yeah. as... It is. For so, the most part, yeah. yeah. We we do get a lot of people calling us. Um, I would say 30% of our our, uh, our our sales, our our homes under construction, tend to be people who own lots or land and approach us to build a mm-hmm. home on it. Okay. So we, we've done that quite a bit. Um but primarily, we, we go out and find property and either knock something down or develop it mm-hmm. and build. So there's a big speculative part of what you do, sure. specifically. Yeah. Is that common for builders? Not all builders get involved on the development side. No. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of builders that just will strictly buy approved subdivisions mm-hmm. or even subdivisions that are already have infrastructure in place and then step in. Yeah. And build. So it's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, there's benefits to both. There is. Um, there's a lot of risk in development. Yeah. Um, but knock on wood, so far we've done okay. What, what do you think the biggest, I'm trying to keep it clean. What do you think the biggest mistake or biggest, like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like, what was it for you? Well, like I said just prior, I mean, not protecting myself with price materials yeah. or material increases and yeah. things of that nature. Not, you know, not knowing or having a, an escalation clause or, or any of that, of the, uh, any of those things I yeah. would say is one of my biggest mistakes. Um, and I'd say over the last, uh, since we started really reading, potential client okay because that's a big you know you do not want to get yourself married to someone that is going to be a complete pain in the ass i mean i did that once when i was younger (laughs) (laughs) because you are literally marrying yourself to these people yeah um from design through construction and then from the moment you hand those keys over so you learn now that we've we've done a good amount of houses and, you know, I'm, I, I'm still very aggressive, but I was taking anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, I'll build your house. Yeah, I'll do your house. But now I've come to learn that, you, you know, 
it's sometimes best to not take that particular job. Yeah. Let that person go. Say no. Bother someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Customer service now is uh, completely different than it was 10 years ago. I 100% agree with you. The the consumer, I don't know if it's because of Amazon and all these and and online and just being able to buy now and know that's Mm -hmm. going to be at your door in a couple days. Instant gratification. Yes. So... I would say that is one of our biggest, um, you know, hurdles is dealing with and controlling, not controlling, I don't know if controlling is the right word, but, mm-hmm. you know, having that relationship with your buyer to the point where there's a happy medium, because a lot of these people can be very demanding and just unrealistic. And ever since COVID, you, there is no instant gravi- gratification. Mm-hmm. I mean, things take time. The workforce has changed. I think work ethic has changed. You can't find employees that want to, or at least that want to work or will be lo- uh, loyal. So, you know, fortunately, we don't have that issue, but our subcontractors do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's going to be very important over the next 10 years that we focus in on this new generation that's coming up and the the value of learning a trade because there is going to be a massive shortage of tradesmen and skilled ones at that because I feel like there already is. There is. Yeah. And it's gonna I don't know what we're gonna do in 10, 15 years. Yeah. Like and unfortunately they're gonna be able to call their shots and call their number and we're gonna have no choice. And these people are gonna be making they make very good money today. Very good money. I mean, you do not have to go to college to be a doctor or uh, a lawyer. I mean, you can you can be a good plumber, electrician, have a good outfit and make way more money than there's, these people. There's plenty of millionaire plumbers out there. Oh, without That's a doubt. for damn sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. And so, I think that was kind of one of the things Derek and I had talked about when we first were talking about the show is mm-hmm. there's just, it's so, it's always been so undervalued. Mm-hmm. And I think more, more recently we've, we've seen somewhat of a resurgence as far as trades go, or at least we think we have, or we mm-hmm. hope, maybe we were hoping that we have, mm-hmm. but the fact that a blue collar man or woman doesn't, you know, can make a shitload of money. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to like you, like you don't have to go to college and get a degree to be able to be successful and make a ton of money. If that's what you're trying to do, you know, like it's. Yeah. And honestly, I enjoy, I mean, I learn something new every day. All of our projects are pretty much different in one way or another. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see things come out of the ground and, Handing mm-hmm. keys over. I mean, whether you're the plumber that did the plumbing in there, whether you're the electrician, the painter, it doesn't matter. Like, there's gratification in that. It might not be instant, but there, it's, you know, you do a nice job and people can rely on you. Sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, what's, what's a skilled laborer making an hour right now? I like, mean, you will not, I mean, just an unskilled laborer, mm-hmm. you can't touch for under $20 an hour because yeah. they can sit home and make more, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I don't, I mean, a skilled laborer, 
I would assume is anywhere between twenty five and thirty dollars an hour, right? Now. Yeah. Well, it's a, I got a buddy that works for a local builder, and he's making like thirty five bucks an hour. You know, yeah. and he's he's good. Yeah. He's decent. Sure. Sorry about the yelling in the background, everybody. <laughs> um, but I mean, we're paying a good penny to the people that are, you know, good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, what would you say? I guess you know. My next question: What's the average age of? a lot of the people that you're seeing as subcontractors, employees, and some of your employees on on sites now? So, to be honest with you, some of the best subcontractors that we have are in their 50s, yeah. 40s and 50s. Uh, we have a few. It's those Gen Xers, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, um, you know, and, you know, we have a few, I have a few guys in my age that I can rely on that, like my buddy, Mike Buzz, I mean, he, he has a very good, runs a very good business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not too common. It's not too common. Mm-hmm. That's why I think we need to sh- try to do what we can to, uh, you know, educate and, and, and get this next round of. Yeah, and encourage people to get into the trades, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I know. I always joke around. I'm like, man, I really hope my kids go into trades and don't yeah. want to go to college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spend, you know, because, like, well, look at the... I'm not going to... Uh, as a parent, I have two kids yeah. and two boys, and uh, I'm not going to push that on them. I'm going to let them figure it out and yeah. try to guide them the best I can. But I remember as a kid, I had a lot of friends, parents that were like... you. You're going to do that. You're you're going to college. Yeah, and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. Well, Still, they closed their eyes and pointed at something on the on the list. Said, okay, that's what I guess I'll go for. And yeah, they went for the party and came out in debt. And I don't think I have one friend that went to college and are doing what they went to college for. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I I know a lot of people. That I'm, that's the I'm case. Certainly for. not. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so. What do you think, um, you know, just from a success standpoint, like what, what's, what's the thing? What, what's, what's your, your secret sauce or, you know, what do you, what do you feel that? Well, I've always, I always just, you can't, you can't get in your head in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you want to go do something and, and it's something that you want to go for, if the, whether it was a project, this, that, the other thing, obviously we, I, I put a lot of thought into what our next moves are, but if you get in your head too much, sometimes it's, it's not yeah. a good thing. And I would say like, I've always executed and I went for what I wanted and a lot nine out of ten times it's worked out well and I'm mm-hmm. glad I did. And I'm glad I didn't hesitate. I'm glad I didn't walk away from that one particular project. Because a lot of people do. Like they mm-hmm. just get cold feet. They you know and you know, I built a good team. And I think the team that we've built over the last thirteen years is really uh, a big part of where we are today. And when I speak of team, it's not just the people in my office and outside my office, but even our subcontractors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, we value what we put up. Um, even if it's at the cost yeah. uh, of, 
of the dollar, I won't walk away from something that or build something that I just don't think is right. So I think that's really helped us emerge in in this market Mm -hmm. and, and become, I don't know if we're a staple builder in the area, but I think we're getting close. I mean, I would say that you are. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're there. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so any, uh, what's a typical day look like for you? Any uh, interesting routines? Uh, yeah, so, hobbies? well, having the two kids, you know, hinders that early morning, uh, get out early, early bird gets the worm. But because uh, I help with the kids, I get my, my uh, four-year-old to St. Clement's here in Saratoga at nine. Nice. And then, but obviously from the moment I w- open my eyes in the morning, I'm watching emails, mm-hmm. checking out emails, who's already texting me, this, that. And so I handle all that. And then I'm at, I'm in the site the minute I'm, uh, I'm freed of uh, childcare. And uh, I like to visit, our projects, I don't, I don't get to everyone in the morning, but mm-hmm. I like to hit a good amount of them, even if it's just driving through, getting my eyes on things. And then I, I dive right into the office. So I try to be in the office, um, mid morning and, uh, hammer down, do as much as I can throughout the day. Obviously get pulled a million one of directions. So, and, uh, you know, do it all over again, get home at the end, you know, six o'clock at night and, Again, get back with the family and get the kids down. And then again, kind of back on the, either it's the, the Mac or the iPad. And yeah. On the couch, on the laptop. Yeah. Right? It's that's, just, it is what it is. And that's the new, the new face of the modern entrepreneurs. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's 11 PM. You're on your yeah. laptop, on your couch. Yeah. You've mm-hmm. got some stupid show that you're not watching, but watching <laughs> in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we, yeah. we're all doing the same thing. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. And we're, you know, until we can grow the team to a certain point where, you know, I don't have to, I can pass some of these things off. Yeah. But right now, I, you know, I enjoy it. Even on a Saturday, Sunday, I got the kids, we're going through a site. Or, you know, we're checking things yeah, out. And that's if you're within a half mile, right? Or even five even. miles. <laughs> I, I live in Rexford. So most oh, no of my kidding. stuff is in Saratoga. So that's funny. we're taking the drive and whatever, just getting out of the house. And it's hard for me not to do so. But, uh, you know, then obviously we've got our client meetings and we've got team meetings and we've, you know, we're, we, you know, we try to touch base at least once a week together on, on what's going on and, how we can improve and nice. what fires I have to put out and all that fun stuff. All the fires. What's you, so you, you said you're, you're firing off texts first thing in the morning. I, I have a question for the mm-hmm. room. Uh, what time is too early to text someone? Cause I'm up at four and I caught myself this morning at about five fifteen AM getting ready to rip off a text message. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's okay. It's <laughs> a <laughs> text message someone at five fifteen. I'd say six thirty. Six thirty. Yeah, I mean, but we do have some of our uh, trades launching stuff mm-hmm. off about that time to some of our site supers. So I mean, but and, and I would say um, I would say six thirty. I don't know about you guys. But All right. I mean, for me, I I get stuff on my phone all the time. I've, yeah. I've kind of learned, I put my phone on silent. So that way, either if I'm doing something, yeah. you know, I, I don't get pulled in a different direction, but, uh, email is typically where I'll 
yeah. launch stuff if it's yeah, yeah like I don't mind hours I don't know? mind emailing yeah. you at 3 a.m. that's because yeah, 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 if yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. alerts for email on your phone that's your fault yeah. as far as I'm concerned well, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> I, I'm a so I have a I have a problem going to bed early mm-hmm. that's my I like I can stay up till 12 o'clock at night which is bad but I'm not I'm not an early riser mm-hmm. so the schedule send has been a beauty for me because schedule send yeah that's that's a beauty because I'm I'm literally composing emails that and I don't want to look like a weirdo at the middle of the night sending out emails. So <laughs> the schedule that's send making people you know get get these things so they're top of their box at seven a.m. Yeah yeah like six thirty seven a.m. So that way I don't have to remember to send it. I'm also not looking like a weird night owl kind of, but. So I've been doing a lot of that scheduled send stuff. Okay, <laughs> scheduled send. I'll have to look in the. I, I, I saw that. Have it now. I saw yeah. that option, and yeah. I was just like, "Oh, that's weird. Who schedules emails?" But now <laughs> yeah. that makes perfect sense. That's great. I don't have to rip that email off at three a.m. I right. can schedule it to go out at seven. Right, and then I think it's better too, just because it's kind of at the top of people's box when they get in the yeah. office. Mm. So, although I will say, I love sending my team emails at like four thirty a.m. because <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, motherfuckers, I'm up at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah. getting at this stuff, you know? Like, that, that's who that's who I am, guys. Right, like, right. what are you doing? You're sleeping? Yeah. I'm well, already up with the schedule send, they'd be like, wow, this guy's up early. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we kind of already jumped into the rapid fire questions. What, uh, what are your thoughts on work ethic? It's changed since COVID. I don't know what happened. I think uh, people got used to chilling out at the house and... Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the the workforce that was working for our subs, I think, found it easy to to work from home or or. But I mean, in my opinion, it needs some serious help. <laughs> yeah, it does, and and just like what we touched base on a little while ago, even even up and coming workforce that are willing to learn how to do a trade is, is, is dwindling down. Like mm-hmm. I talk to these guys every day and they're like, Anthony, if you know anyone, even just a helper, a kid that wants to just please give them my number. I don't know. I don't know where these people are. I, well, it's like and there's even, a mass alien, alien abduction or something. And, <laughs> I mean, we all talk about it. It's like, well, how are these people paying their bills? What are these people? How, like I think we said that on one of the episodes too. Where I'm like, I dude, I, I work like an eighty people? hour work week so that I can pay for my shit. Like, yeah, where are these people? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't. F- I mean, are we still handing money out every month like we were? There was COVID? just a, another. I mean, there's always been unemployment and people getting around being able working to stay on unemployment, but yeah, working the system, so to speak. But there was that plus, and I, I thought that. Well, I know for a while people were getting like six hundred to a thousand dollars a week on yeah. unemployment. It was like we're you know making fifty grand a year on unemployment. Like, yeah, yeah I guess I'd freaking sit on the couch too and play yeah. video games. And that was the problem. But I don't know what they're doing today. Well, I mean, you know, your story going from a twenty-year-old building your first house, one hundred seventy thousand dollars house, and now building three million dollars homes. And we've heard every single person that we've had on the show. It's been mm-hmm. the same advice: just work hard. And I mean, if you just get up, work hard, it doesn't matter what you do, right. you can be successful and, and have a good career and build something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
you gotta you gotta love what you're doing to a certain extent. I mean, we all have other hobbies that we would we would argue that we'd rather be doing, but um, yeah. I mean, if you're if you if you put the hard work in, there's gonna be tough times. Believe me, and it there is, but you just gotta stay positive. You gotta keep grinding and uh, and just. Keep working towards that goal. Speaking of goals, you do any kind of like planning, goal setting, any stuff like that for your business? Sure we do. Yeah. Yeah. What's it look like for you? So we'd like to, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever be that 50 to a hundred home a year builder. I don't, I don't foresee that. Um, I'd like to stay on track on, uh, with, with what we're doing in terms of custom homes mm-hmm. and semi-custom homes. Scale it to, I mean, right now we're doing, what are we doing? 14 homes. Mm-hmm. We still have about another four or five to get in the ground. Uh, but we have a couple coming off mm-hmm. too that we're wrapping up. So. We should be touching anywhere between, somewhere around 15 homes on average at any moment right now. Mm-hmm. If I can scale that to about 20, 25. And then I'm also starting to touch a little bit of uh, that more high density residential commercial mm-hmm. and get some of that uh, under our belt and, and, and try to retain some of that stuff and own it. Um, I think that's where we're, we're going to head here in the next coming years. I don't know how soon, but 10 year goal for sure. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. We got property off of, uh, exit 12, 18 acres. I, I purchased not too long ago that we're going to try to get some apartments on. Nice. Looking at a couple other things right now. So that whole area, try to, try to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And just, just improve our operations now. Cause I'm not going to lie. We, can always have room for improvement mm-hmm. so that's 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 our focus right now is improving what we're doing how can we improve ourselves our business covid didn't help it kind of it kind of pushed us back a little bit yes we got quite a bit of sales but mm-hmm. it was a learning curve so we'll we'll, we'll pick we'll pick stuff back up and, and and keep forging ahead and learn and and uh yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm like sitting here. I don't know. My office became the loud, the loudest office. Like, <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. Like, I don't know if the walls got thinner in the last few <laughs> days, but like, I'm like, our offices, we never had it be this like loud and all these. I don't know if it's, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, everyone listening for the background noise that keeps popping in. So, uh, I know we're running short on time, but you know, the, the big question, the last question, you know, if you were talking to someone that's maybe considering coming into the trades or maybe they're already in the trades or thinking about jumping to be a business owner, you know, if you were, if you were going to give a piece, one piece of advice, just one thing to anybody, what, what would it be? Oh God. Um, it, I mean, I would say to that person, Surround yourself with a good team. Try to keep your overhead low. And do your best to turn up whatever product it is that you're you're touching or you're doing. Do your best to just be the best at it. 
and just keep grinding. Like, just don't give up. Nice. Yeah. People want to get in touch with you. Anthony, how do they do that? Uh, they can email me. Reach out, reach out to us um, through our website. Um, we'll put that Caruso. in the show notes. Yeah, CrusoeBuildersNY.com or we're on Instagram, CrusoeBuilders. Um, or just shoot me an email. You can get it right on our website. Yeah, feel free to reach out. Even if it's someone listening that wants to learn a trade, I'll, I'll steer you a, a great plumber, electrician, cider, anything. And the guys I'd be staring them to are great people, so great employers. Nice. So I'd be happy to do that. No, that's awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time and, yeah. and joining us here. Yeah, and we're going to definitely work on being better at podcasting because <laughs> of all the f- background noise. Well, it seems like you got a good team, right? Yeah, no. we do definitely have a good team. <laughs> Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh Tune in next time. We'll uh, we'll keep working on getting our format better. Uh, we've got the Bro Show coming up here that we're going to be recording from at the Bro Show. We'll have I, I think Anthony Guadnito from Veteran Made Woodworks is going to be with us as a co-host. And I'm not sure who we're talking to down there yet, but uh, should be good. You won't want to miss it. You won't want to miss it. Cool. And if you do, you will regret missing it. Thanks, Anthony. No problem. Guys. Thanks, man. It's nice meeting you guys. You too.